Hey, go-getters. Maggie with A Sweat Life here. This week, I had the privilege of interviewing Shanna Missett Nelson for the We Got Goals podcast. Shanna is the president of Jazzercise. Her mom, Judy, is the founder of Jazzercise, which was one of the very first fitness companies and launched the entire industry of dance fitness to become what it is today. Um, I spoke to her about a lot of things, but Primarily, I was interested in learning really how did this company navigate the ups and the downs of a changing industry as volatile and interesting as fitness is and has become. And from Shanna, I really learned that not only can you navigate such changes and that you can as a company really roll with the punches and and grow with the times, um, you can do it while having fun. She loves working at Jazzercise. And I feel like you'll hear this in the interview that she didn't even know she was really part of a family business until she was way further in her career than she cares to admit, just because she always grew up around dance. It always made sense to help other people feel better through dance. And that has been Jazzercise's guiding force in a lot of the decisions they've made as a company. And her mom is still teaching classes. She still teaches classes at least three days a week. So she's both in the creative realm of the business and on the business side of things, helping franchisees get established in now over 32 countries. And so to hear her talk about the elements of of a business that have to grow and to still find joy within it was inspiring and so intriguing. Um, but Jazzercise has survived over 50 years because it's come from the place of wanting to help people feel better through their form of movement that makes them whatever form of movement that they uh, love the most. And so for the people that come to Jazzercise classes, that's what they find. And that's what Shanna says is that if you do what you do well, and you don't necessarily worry about the competition or try to be anything you're not, then your light will continue to shine. She is a mentor to many people. Not only did she open the second corporate studio in Southern California, she mentors the franchisee owners across the world. And she gave a few of her tips for mentoring others in a way that um, can be both productive for the people that she's working with, as well as um, for the business in general. And the main thing that she brings to my attention is that we're talking about the ultimate good for other people. And as long as you have the right intention behind the feedback that you give or the lessons that you aim to kind of teach others, if it's for the overall good of that person and you can meet them where they are and really have a conversation, then both parties leave the conversation feeling much better, much less defensive. So whether you have a a fitness goal of your own or a business goal, I'm sure that Shanna's tips are going to prove to be pretty interesting to hear. You don't want to miss this episode about how Jazzercise has changed and stayed the same over the last 50 years. Here is my interview with Shanna. I've got Shanna here with me on the We Got Goals podcast. Shanna, you are the president of Jazzercise, and I'm so thrilled to have you as our guest for the podcast episode this week. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk with you today. 
So I, I know that I've already spoiled it. You're the president of Jazzercise, which for me, growing up as, as a dancer and growing up, you know, interested in fitness from a young age, sure. it was something that I always knew about. And so you are now in your 50th anniversary year of celebrating Jazzercise as a company that your mom founded. Yes, yes, we are. This is our 50th anniversary year, which, you know, for the fitness industry is pretty much unheard of because really when Jazzercise began, there wasn't a fitness industry. My mom was just a, a dancer who took her love of um, dance and, and music and movement and uh, realized that she was onto something, never set out to make a company. And so uh, from that, you know, Jazzercise grew and grew. Um, the 80s is when we really grew tremendously. And we've been around for 50 years, which there's not many companies in the fitness industry that has been around this long. So we're really excited to celebrate our history and then to also celebrate um, our future at the same time. And I, I mean, I can't really even uh, fathom how how great and how deep the knowledge must be knowing that you have been in the business of fitness for as long as you have. And there really are no parallel companies that can say the same thing. So I am just so interested to hear from your perspective, and perhaps maybe it's just dance fitness perspective, mm-hmm. how the industry has evolved and changed over the years. Yeah, well, like I said, there was no industry when my mom started Jazzercise and when it really began and grew as a company. So we kind of grew into the industry and the industry grew around us. Um, So it was very fascinating to watch uh, more businesses, more companies, more programs evolve over the years and, and also to see, you know, what companies, businesses have been able to last and stay in the industry where it is super trendy. As we all know, things come and go very quickly (laughs) in fitness. Everyone's looking for the quick fix. Um, And I think one of the things that we've learned over our history and our tenure is that being true to who you are and what you do well is really what gives you longevity. We have never been in it for the quick fix or been in it, you know, for one singular reason. We are a dance fitness company. That's who we are. We're not going to try to be um, a CrossFit or you know something that is not true to who we are. So staying true to roots has been really, really important for us. Yes, we've evolved and changed. We've had to just as fitness has evolved and changed, and you you know we get smarter and we learn more from science and and um, what is effective for fitness. So certainly we have changed as a business, or we wouldn't have still been around this long. But um, remaining true to our, our roots, which is dance fitness, has really been powerful for us. It's so incredible to hear you say how it's grown from simply just the exercise that your mom kind of found that she loved. And now she and you and mm-hmm. all of the jazzercise instructors share with the rest of the world. And now that's 32 countries, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you're correct. Yes, it's really grown tremendously for us um, and really grew organically. And um, like I said, at the beginning, my mom was a dancer who back, this was probably the late 60s, early 70s, noticed a lot of women coming in and out of her dance classes that weren't staying and it bothered her. And she thought, why aren't they staying? And she quickly realized in talking to them that they were there, they had a high school reunion, or they had a wedding, they had some sort of goal or some sort of, you know, event that they wanted to be their fittest for, right? So they weren't coming into her Uh, dance classes to be a professional dancer, which that's what she was teaching, technical dance. So she just had this idea of like, well, they still loved it, but they don't want to really be corrected. Like you're going to go on and be professional, right? So she asked the director of her studio, she said, I have an idea. 
can I take these women downstairs, turn them away from the mirror so they're not going to compare themselves to me or to anybody else, base it in what I know in movement and jazz dance. And um, he said, sure, go ahead. And so she went down to the studio and did that. She had 15 people, then she had 30 people, then she had 60 people and the women were staying and she was like, hmm, I'm onto something. <laughs> so from there, she just continued to teach those classes. My family, we moved from Chicago is where uh, my parents went to college and lived for about 10 years. And then we moved to California, uh, right, probably, you know, mid seventies, again, before there was fitness, there was really nothing for women to do besides sports or kind of calisthenics. And so she just began teaching these classes, uh, here in Southern California and still performing professionally up in Los Angeles. And they just became more and more popular to the point where at one time my mom was teaching like 25 classes a week. It was crazy. And, uh, so she realized that she maybe could train somebody to do what she's doing. And, and it just exploded from there. So, um, I think my mom has been really smart in listening to those cues and messages, which I think is really important for anybody trying to achieve a goal or with a business that you listen to what's happening around you and, um, take note of that because that will usually kind of guide and direct you to where you need to go with whatever your endeavor is. Oh my gosh. Everything that you just said, I want to ask like follow-up questions about because, sure. <laughs> because uh, it, it seems like jazzercise in general is so, it was so far ahead of the curve um, and, mm -hmm. and, and really like so far ahead, not just a few years because now I see uh, almost like exponentially how quickly fitness concepts will then become hybrid upon each other. And then a new studio will open up. That's just a little tweak different from the one down the street. And sure. I mean, this is like 50 years in the making and 50 years ahead of the game. I mean, I, my mind kind of goes to some of the newer concepts today that the emphasis is totally on that cathartic release, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the joy that you get for moving in, a, in comparison to the stats that you can produce or the weight that you can right. pick up. Um, but like those concepts are still so in style right now. Um, and mm -hmm. size was tapping into that. That's exactly what before anyone had done it. And your mom said, uh, let's try this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, I don't know if that'll ever go away for, for us, mm -hmm. for humankind, <laughs> because we all need that release, right? We all need that um, human touch. We all need to be able to feel good doing what we're doing, regardless of what your stats are going to be. And so I think that's one thing um, Jazzercise has always done is really tapped into helping, you know, we're primarily women, helping women to recognize how they're feeling when they're working out and one of the things I think being a fitness instructor for a long time, like I have been, is that I, I really, um, I always cringe when I feel like somebody is setting themselves up to fail by doing something that they don't enjoy. Because when you do that, most typically you're not going to stick with it. And that's one thing with jazzercise. And it's, it's a double-edged sword though, I would say, because there is kind of a belief system where if something is not really, really hard and you're not struggling through it, that it's not effective, mm -hmm. right? Within fitness. Um, however, I like to argue the other side and that if you are enjoying it, even with maybe there is a little bit of struggle, but you've got to have more joy than struggle, right? Sure. To continue with anything that then you will stick with it, which is in, in the long run is going to give you so much more benefit for your health, your well-being, your fitness, et cetera. So 
I think it's really important to have that balance. And I, I have always kind of fought the norm of like, hey, it can be challenging, but it's got to be fun and enjoyable. You got to feel really good and get some joy out of it to be able to continue with it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and so the genesis obviously was jazz movements or dance movements in general. Mm-hmm. Um, how close today is the workout to a dance class or what can people who've never done jazzercise expect from it? Yes, it's, um, it's not, I mean, it's close to a dance class and we're dancing. However, it's easy to follow. Um, and we definitely give you the cues and the movements so that you can follow and be successful. Cause that's the other component is you have to feel successful. I think with anything in fitness in order to continue, if you feel like with whatever you're doing, you go in and you feel very unsuccessful that you probably won't continue with that. So Our instructors are all trained to cue really well. We base it in jazz dance, but there's definitely a form that we follow. We we typically follow with music, verse, and chorus. So when things are going to change, it's going to change on the verse and the chorus. It'll feel right to change movements. Um, You know, there's a little bit of a learning curve in that we do use a lot of dance terminology like releve and plie and that kind of thing. So chasse, you have to get used to that terminology. But again, our instructors, we train them really well in the cueing aspect of it. I think the thing that's different than a traditional dance class is that we, um, for a long time, have used free weights. So we have a whole strength training component to our classes, every single one of our classes that utilizes uh, strength training on the floor and with handheld weights. We also now have about 10 different formats that Jazzercise offers from flip fusion to uh, fusion to we have core classes. We have um, strike, which is our kickboxing version of Jazzercise. So we have a lot of different components now that, you know, back 50 years ago, we were just strictly dance because that's what everybody did. So uh, we've really evolved in that way of utilizing uh, classes that have hit training to them. We have strength training only classes that are just going to give you that strength training component. So really a nice wide variety of classes, but still that have that dance flair to them. Well, that's very interesting. So almost without losing anything that Jazzercise stands for. It's incorporating the, not even trends, but just additional elements of ways you can move your body. Exactly. Yes. So I, I want to ask about franchising because sure. it was, it, to me, it seems like you were also very ahead of the curve and that people, if fitness wasn't an industry, then franchising fitness certainly wasn't a thing. Um, And so I'd love to know how you navigated that without really many mentors or people to say, let's just do it like them. Yes. Well, one of the things that has always been very important to us as a company, and especially to my mom back in the beginning days, is she wanted to give women in particular um, a business. She wanted to give them something that they could make their own money at, be successful at, uh, really, you know, have their own business. So in the beginning, all of our instructors were independent contractors. And as Jazzercise grew and evolved, we quickly realized that we were going to have to make a choice, uh, mostly because the IRS is going to make us make a choice. <laughs> but we, we decided to make the choice to go to franchising because that ownership then became the franchisees, the instructors. And that's really what we wanted. We didn't want to own all of these, you know, businesses all around would end up all around the world, but we wanted to empower women to have their own business and be able to make it as big or as small as they wanted to. So that really was our number one guiding force was that we wanted to make this available to as many women as possible and give them something that they could call their own. And I have to say that 50 years later, we're really 
poised to be in a good place with that. Um, it's worked well for us. Franchising definitely on the, the business side of it has, uh, there's liabilities and assets to anything that you do, but for us, it's worked really, really well. And I guess it's worth mentioning that it's mostly female owners of probably of all of the, the businesses and all of the separate yes. gyms around the country and the world. Yes. Um, and your core team is also all female. Is that correct? That's correct. Our core um, leadership team is all female. We do have probably more men working at our uh, corporate offices now than we ever have, but I would still okay. say it's, it's less than 10, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, but we love them. So yeah, we're primarily female run definitely here at our corporate offices. And then also we have remote employees all over the US, all over the world, and most of them are uh, female also. So I've been around women my whole entire life. Yeah, I grew up dancing and then with jazzercise. So it's like, this is all I've ever known. And I love it. It's great. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I love working. I work at A Sweat Life, which is a core team of four women. But I mean, we have mm-hmm. a, a very large team and arms around different areas of the business and definitely work with males and females. But I feel very empowered by the strong females that I work with and to see uh, how they navigate situations. It's inspiring for me to learn yeah. how to navigate situations as you know an entrepreneur in my own right. Um, and it's 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 pretty powerful. So I would totally agree with that. Yeah, you know, it's funny growing up with Jazzercise and being around these amazing women, really, literally, my whole entire life. Um, I really haven't known anything different. And it's interesting because I have two daughters that are sixteen and thirteen. And I see it now happening with them. I see my younger instructors and younger employees that they gravitate towards, right? That um, they love to be around them and love to listen to everybody talk. And it's like watching myself all over again, because I remember my mom having meetings and, you know, business conferences, and I just wanted to sit there and listen to everybody talk. And now it's kind of coming full circle. So it's really fun to see that I never thought I couldn't do whatever I wanted to do. That It never was an issue. So I feel really, really lucky that I've been around so many great women, just like you were saying, that it just makes you feel so empowered and supported. And I hope for my girls, they feel the same thing. Oh, man, that's very, very cool to know that you saw your mom as a role model do what she wanted to do without mm-hmm. apologizing and and really trailblazing and that there's yeah. no one saying yes, you should do this. No, you shouldn't do this. It's just kind of remarkable. And it's also very unique to see that example. Cause a lot of times uh, we do what we're expected to do. And so to branch out from that um, has got to have been really impactful. And I'm sure also your girls see that too. I hope so. Sometimes they think I'm a little pushy, but that's all right. I'd rather be <laughs> pushy than passive. <laughs> Okay, so we have to get to the main question that we ask on this podcast, which is for you, Shanna, what is a big goal that you've accomplished either in the recent past or, or that you just look at as something you're really proud to say out loud? And how did you get there? Well, I was thinking about this before we chatted, started chatting today. And I have to say one of the things, you know, because I've worked for Jazzercise for so long, um, my jobs have changed over the, the years. So your goals kind of change and evolve. But one of the things that I quickly realized, and this is probably maybe about 10 years ago, um, I think that whatever goals it is that you want to achieve, you've got to look at what your strengths are, right? And one of the things that I noticed about myself is that I really enjoyed mentoring other women within Jazzercise, whether they're on the instructor side or the employee side for us. 
And I had a goal to, we have two corporate jazzercise studios that the company owns here locally where we live in um, Southern California. And so I wanted to open a second studio at the time we only had one. Um, but I knew I needed to recruit and mentor a, a whole group of new instructors. And so in that process of mentoring more, um, one of the things that I think is a gift that I have, and we all have different gifts within our business is mentoring. And so I was able to mentor this whole group of instructors. And from that really have tried to take that mentoring side and, and, we ended up opening the second studio and now we went from like 17 corporate instructors here to we have almost 45 now. And so it's been very good for me to, to see, okay, this is something that I'm good at and what it's a strength of mine. So how can I make that work for, for my own personal goal? Cause again, I think you've got to see what your strengths are and then you've got to get help for where your weaknesses are. So in that mentoring piece, I've really tried to take it to our franchisees and help our franchisees with their own mentoring processes uh, with their own studios. So that's one of the things that I really tried to achieve with my own personal goal. And the other part is that it's been so rewarding for me, which then helps to kind of drive me to future goals, because that mentoring side can be so rewarding to see other women, you know, become whatever it is that they want to become and be successful at it. It's just uh, such a great feeling. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that skill of mentoring, um, I'm going to mess up the phrase, but if you really want to learn a craft or become an expert, you have to be able to teach it. Um, mm-hmm. And that idea of like, if so what, if you can do it on your own, but if you can't, share the knowledge and pass it along, A, it's not going to live beyond you and B, uh, you're only, you know, you're minimizing the impact that you can have. For sure. But I think that that's a, it's still a really hard skill. And so for that to be a, a skill of yours, I'd love to know what you've learned and some of the tools that have worked for you as you open the second corporate studio and how you work with franchisees across the world to help communicate, you know, how, how can you translate the skills that you innately have to sure. other people? Yeah, I think um, a couple of things that I've really learned. Number one is that when you're ever you're trying to mentor anyone or influence anyone to move beyond their comfort zone is that you first and foremost have to really talk about what their strengths are. You've got to build them up before you're going to be able to get them to do anything. So building them up in their own confidence level with whatever those skills are that you see that they do well, because everybody's got something that they're doing well, even if they still need to grow in other areas. So I really try to, um, for lack of a better term, pump them up about what they're doing well. I also think it's important to, if you're working with a group or individuals, like you kind of have to manage the team, but then you coach individually. So I really try to, if I'm working with a group, you know, I manage them and I, I try to get everybody be very clear with my direction, but then coaching individually is really, really important. So building them up. And then I like to offer up things that I think they could work on for their own personal growth as more of a question. Like, how would you feel about trying it this way? You know, how does this make you feel? Would you be open to that? Because again, just giving directives to somebody can make them feel um, like they have to be on guard or that they just get defensive. So just offering up suggestions in the form of a question sometimes can make people so much more open to your suggestions. And ultimately, you're in it for the better good for them anyway. So however you have to get there, I kind of feel like 
it doesn't matter if it, if it takes the long road or the short road. Some people really respond well and they're like, oh, yes, I understand what you mean. Others, you've got to explain more. And then giving your own examples is really, really important to how you did things and showing them this is how I did it. And also letting them know that goals take a while. Um, whatever it is that they're they're going after, like don't be afraid within the process that you're going to have a failure. I'm one of those people I like to fail fast and learn from it. So it's like if I fail, I kind of look at that as like, okay, well, now I know not what to do. I'm going to just put this behind me and move forward. So all of those things have really helped me in mentoring other women. Oh, yeah. Those are such solid pieces of advice, not only for when you hear it in the context of uh, business, but also when someone is working towards a fitness goal um, mm-hmm. and when, when someone is working on a personal goal, meeting someone where they are. It never is just in a silo. All of these things yeah. exist in your life. Well, it's so different to say, how about trying this versus you need to blah, 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 <laughs> right? Right. So you hear those so differently. Um, and so I, I really think when you can be gentle with suggestions and, and ask them how they feel about it, because initially, whenever you're asking someone to stretch beyond their means, there's going to be the fear. So if you can say, how do you feel about trying this? Or what about this, then they will talk themselves sometimes through that fear. And then you can help them realize like, okay, well, the fear is false, or just got to push through it anyways, and then ultimately help them get where they need to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the in the experience that you've had in opening the second corporate studio, or mm-hmm. just as Jazzercise has grown and expanded and changed and shifted, have there been moments of challenge where those mentoring elements have kind of come into play for you or have been helpful for you to get through the more difficult times? Oh, yeah. I, um, I definitely... <laughs> I'm always, I, I feel like I've read a million billion self-help books for my own self personally. And I, I, I've had to use those with myself. Like, okay, this is going to be scary, Shanna. You're going to be able to get through this. I, I'm a big talker. I am probably your typical female where I, sometimes I, I joke around. I'm like, if I had a pedometer for my mouth, I would be reaching my fitness goals, uh, way early in the day. <laughs> How much I talk. So I'm, uh, I, I have to talk things through. And so when I feel that fear come on, I talk through to somebody that I know is going to be able to help me or talk me off the cliff. You've got to have those, those core people right in your life that can help you. So I'm, and I definitely tend to go towards the harder things first. I want to get those things done first because that's what it's going to be lingering in the back of my mind. So I adopt all of the practices that I use when mentoring others, I use on myself regularly. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're good, they're solid, and they work. So, and mm-hmm. also, we, we're constantly up against obstacles every day. So we have to kind of build up the practice of working through them every single day. Yeah. And I really try, um, you know, again, having teenage daughters and seeing them go through their struggles and I really try to pass on these tips to them and see how they react to things. And honestly, sometimes uh, their reactions are just the same as, as similar to adults. So it's been helpful for me with my girls to be like, oh, gosh, you know, that's what that fear is coming from. And let's talk through this. And here's a way that you could do it. Of course, my kids are not nearly as receptive as other people are to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of um, them growing up, like, are they interested in the jazzercise world? They definitely love jazzercise. They, they both are competitive dancers. So they're leaning towards that way. I try not to ever put any pressure on them about anything, but they love it. They love 
they love the classes. They talk about when they turn 18, that they want to become instructors themselves. And if that's what they end up doing, that would be great and fantastic. I just, my mom was so great about never putting any pressure on me about it. I, I'll be honest in that I really didn't realize it was a business probably until I was in college. Cause you know, I thought everybody's mom put on leotards and tights and went out the door every single day for quite a long time in my life. I didn't realize <laughs> that was not normal. <laughs> so, um, you know, I hope my girls, if they decide that this is something that they want to do, they'll just be around so many great women that'll support them and, and help them. Um, and if they don't, you know, that's okay too, but it'll be there if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So when you look forward into the future, um, for you, Shanna, what is a goal either personal or career wise that you'd really like to achieve or that you're working towards and how do you plan on getting there? Yeah. Uh, you know, for Jazzercise, I definitely want this company to remain, um, on the forefront of the fitness industry. I, I would love to, I want it to, you know, continue on for another 50 years or however long forever, if possible. I think the makeup of the company could change as far as what we offer and who we are. We have got such a great foundation in the fitness industry and know it so well that I think there's, uh, we have a lot of different things coming down the pipeline for us video on demand. We also uh, are talking about an offshoot program that would be different to Jazzercise, that, but similar to still in the dance fitness genre. So those are goals of mine right now that I want to make sure are happen, happening. And in the short term, having we have our big 50th celebration for Jazzercise in June, the end of June, which is a big convention we're having. We have over 2,000 people that are coming from all around the world to celebrate Jazzercise so to make that event as successful as possible. Um, and the way I've been approaching that is just, again, kind of that running to the roar. And uh, one of my girlfriends that I work with, she always talks about running to the roar, going to the hard things first. So we've been planning and executing everything that we need to do to get that convention to be as successful as possible and great for our attendees. So one of the things I've, I think I've learned over the years is giving yourself some space to think about the future, number one. So I really try to do that. I try to have some space. I would love to say once a week, but that just doesn't happen. So once a month, sitting down by myself and thinking about, okay, where do I need to insert myself in the business? Or where do I need to get some clarification or clarity on what's happening to move forward? So um, that really helps me to check in with people in different departments and make sure that things are happening the way that they need to so that we can be as successful as possible. So those are some of the things. That sounds like a, a really tough goal, even though it sounds very simple in, you know, just to say to be able to take a step back. But I'm sure that, you, you know, you teach still at least, you know, three times a week or so. And so to be in the weeds in the best sense and that it's amazing <laughs> and fun, but to be in it and then also to take a step back and to be president, I'm sure, you know, crossing those lines and coming back and forth, the bounces is difficult. It's definitely challenging. I feel like I have, um, you know, my role as president of the company is not a typical role that most presidents have and that I have a whole side of it that's creative based, which is not typical. So, um, which I have to teach my classes. Well, and I love to work out and I love jazzercise. So I need to do that for myself. Um, but to choreograph and to create, I also need to be teaching. So there's that whole side of it. Um, and, and so you're right. It is difficult sometimes to separate out 
all the different components and different parts of my job that I have. That's probably my biggest challenge is taking that time. One of the, I've learned I need to go home to do my creative work. Doing it at the office doesn't typically work for me. So I have to go home to do that and, and be home by myself where my family's not bothering me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's very important. So, you know, creating those different spaces for me has worked well so that I can kind of compartmentalize the different aspects of my job so that I don't just feel like I'm kind of going from one little bit to another because that can make me feel a little crazy. Yeah, sure. Do you find that now both fuel each other and that together it feels complete or, or does it feel or how does it feel to do both sides? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it feels complete. You know, they, they cross over and then they don't. There's There's days where I'm really ingrained in things that are happening at the office and I feel good and I feel confident and I'm like, I got it. I got it. And then I'll remember, Oh God, I have all this choreography to do. I don't have it. (laughs) So, uh, there's crossover that happens where I feel like it's working, but really they all go together. So it's just, like I said, creating that space for myself to separate out the different parts of my job has really been important for me. And I'm still figuring it out. I for sure don't have it all figured out. I'm sure it's a constant learning process. And as soon as one day feels smooth, the next day feels like a a crash course in learning all over again. Yes. Yeah. Or the day disappears and you're like, what did I do today? I don't even know. (laughs) I can relate to that for sure. Yes. Uh, So um, I'm interested to hear from your perspective when you talk about uh, some jazzercise goals for the future and you mentioned some video on demand. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Video on demand is a very like not very new term, but in comparison to you used to film on VHS and now the world of technology that it is, uh, what and how has Jazzercise adapted to the new forms of technology and where people get their workouts today? Yeah, well, I think Jazzercise, you know, we we definitely, my mom had the first like gold exercise album, so we can Mm -hmm. really go back. Um, and, and we've evolved from there, from albums to VHS to DVDs. And now we'll be entering the video on demand market in the near future, which I just feel like for fitness, any kind of fitness brand, there's going to be a digital component that is necessary for your business to be, you know, part of the game. And so, uh, that's going to be something that's new for us. Definitely how we deliver our choreography to our franchisees. We, we tape new choreography every 10 weeks. So taping fitness has been something that we've done forever. So I feel like we're going to be good at this. It is a little bit different, um, you know, because it's ongoing um, Mm -hmm. for consumer versus for our franchisees. But I'm really excited for it. It's going to be great. I'm excited for we have so many Jazzercise customers that either you have moved to parts of the country or parts of the world where Jazzercise isn't offered and for them to be able to continue with it and be able to have Jazzercise in their living room or wherever they want it will be great for them. And then I also feel like for current customers that are in Jazzercise studios or Jazzercise locations, you know, when you can't make it, either your kids are sick or something comes up or you're traveling to be able to continue your workout will be really fantastic for them. So we're really excited about that. Well, to see how Jazzercise has thrived over 50 years of ups and downs in the fitness industry, it is an inspiring story. And to hear you share it so 
openly and really lovingly is so cool to hear. I love getting the glimpse into the family-owned business that is the worldwide phenomenon. So thank oh, you so thank much you. for joining me. This has thank been wonderful. You. Oh, well, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's fun to talk about. And um, I love the whole aspect of, you know, achieving goals and, and thinking about that, because I do think sometimes we're lucky enough that things just happen, but other times we have to put some thought and some action into it. So I, I like talking about that. It was fun. Absolutely. And I'm taking my next steps of going home and taking a step back and looking at some goals that I want to set for myself, um, even on the monthly basis. I think it's a really, really important reminder. Yes, it's helpful for sure. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on the We Got Goals podcast, Shanna. It was an honor to have you. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. It was great to be here. I appreciate it. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guests this week, Shannon Nelson, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, Tech Nexus for the recording studio, and of course, an extra special thanks to you, our listeners.